Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the official Redbird Ranch podcast, episode number eight. This is a very special thirty-minute podcast dedicated to all things trade deadline. The trade deadline is tomorrow, Monday, the thirty-first of July, at four p.m. Eastern time. That's three p.m. Central for those of you keeping score at home. I'm joined today by my co-editor Tito Rivera. Tito, welcome aboard. Thank you. It's a great win on a Sunday. It's going to be an interesting uh, 24 hours from here on out. Oh, I think so, too. And I'm really glad that we decided to put together at least a 30-minute little special for everybody because I know that if Cardinal Nation is anything like me, they're hitting that F5 key or hitting the refresh or sliding their phone down to get their Twitter feed to refresh so they can see what might have happened in the last two or three seconds since we hit that button. Is, have you been mm-hmm. going through that today as well? Yep. I was in uh, Lebanon, Missouri this last weekend, and I probably spent about 80% of it on my phone. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel bad, but hey, I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's been quite an interesting weekend, right? I mean, we heard a lot of different rumors rolling around. Uh, we have published several pieces today and in the last couple of days on Redbird Rants all about rumors and things that we had heard or potential guys on the move. And so let's just dive in and let's actually start today. I posted earlier today about this special podcast. And in that post, I put in there a way to email us questions or to send to our Twitter feed any questions. And I want to give a huge shout out to Scott D who sent us an email and asked a question that we have talked about but I think it becomes a little more prescient as we move closer to that trade deadline. And so Tito, Scott's question, he actually sent us two of them. Let's go with the first one because we like to beat up on Josh as well. And so Scott mm-hmm. asked if the Cardinals could potentially get some bullpen help if they were to trade Grichik. What do you think about that? And, and before you answer, let me just remind you that in the last podcast that I was on hosting with you and Josh – Josh said he would sell on Randall Grichik. Take it away. Sure. So thanks, Scott D, for your uh, question. It's an interesting question at this point because we've seen Trevor Rosenthal come out of nowhere, it feels like, to almost be the saving grace for the Cardinals over this weekend. His eighth inning performance, eighth and ninth inning performance um, from Friday's game, you know, was the best I've ever seen him pitch. Then today he comes back out and uh, gets the save uh, to lock up a 3-2 win for the St. Louis Cardinals. So this question actually becomes very, very relevant to what's going on. And let's let's put it this way. If we are going to trade Randall Grichik this coming Monday or even later tonight, the answer to your question, Scott, is yes, we could get bullpen help for a trade for Randall Grichik. It just depends on where you're going to send him and who you're going to get in return. Now, 
I personally have, you know, have said before that Randall Gritchick might be a good piece to send to the Detroit Tigers for Justin Wilson, the Tigers closer. Um, that would be a, a pretty good fit. One, because the Tigers just got rid of J.D. Martinez, so they might be looking for some outfield help. That's major league talent outfield and, and also MLB ready. And the Cardinals, you know, it's obvious that the bullpen is just not as good as it, it has been in, in years in the past. And to bolster the bullpen with Justin Wilson, you know, you're talking about a legitimate closer. You could slide Trevor Trevor Rosenthal back into the eighth inning. It seems that uh, uh, Sun Juan O has finally found some kind of groove maybe in the seventh inning um, and a little bit of the eighth. So you're talking about stabilizing the ship, and I, I truly think that Randall Gritchick could be on the move to the Detroit Tigers at least. Another place that you could, you know, theoretically put him in is uh, the Cleveland Indians. Now, the Cleveland Indians are probably not going to move any of their closers, but you could theoretically say, hey, you know, we're giving you Randall Gritchick, and we'd like Cody Allen in return. Uh, they're not going to move Andrew Miller because of what he was capable of doing in the postseason, but Cody Allen is an interesting choice. Now, I doubt that they would go for that, but that's just, let's just say a hypothetical. The more likely of the case is probably Detroit, and I would like to see Justin Wilson on the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, and you know, I was just pulling him up to see where, where the interest lies currently. The Red Sox are out on Justin Wilson by all reports, so that doesn't look like a likely landing spot. It looks now like, I mean, the, the Yankees could still be in on Wilson. The Nationals could be in on Wilson. The Astros could be in on Wilson. You know, I'm just scrolling down trying to find other places. I mean, those seem to be the big ones, you know, and, and we could be a dark horse that comes in. I mean, we've got, we've got somebody in Randall Gritchick who I think would do very well in the American League. And I think I agree. he's my success. Yeah, I just I think he'd I find agree. better success, especially in those ballparks that he would be facing going up to the AL Central. I mean, I you look at those power hitters and and the the characteristics they display, and I just see Randall Gritchick lining up nicely with those. He just has a real hard time with National League hitting, and I, I think that'd be a great fit. Honestly, I, I love that idea from you. And, and, and the good thing to – and the thing to think about here is that if you look at Grant, Randall Gritchick's contract, he is arbitration eligible, eligible for the next three years before becoming an uh, unrestricted free agent in 2021. So you're giving up quite a bit of control for a player that still has some really big upside for a closer that's, you know, only has, I think, a year or two left on his contract. So you're – Number of controlled years weighs heavily in favor for the Cardinals um, to get this deal done. So it's definitely a spot that they would consider. Now, the one big question, if you do go get him, is he is a left-handed pitcher. You have Kevin Seagrass, Zach Duke, and Brett Cecil already in there, and Tyler Lyons. So you're just throwing in another left-handed pitcher. So it might be a combination of where you can where you see – you know, Kevin Segrist and Randall Gritchick going to uh, the Detroit Tigers. That might be a move. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I'll tell you, uh, the, my first gut reaction that came when you said that about having Segrist and Cecil and Lyons, I mean, those guys are not on the same plane with a Justin Wilson. 
So it's kind of tough to say we may shy away from adding a Justin Wilson because of those guys. I don't think that would be solely the reason to not, not take a flyer on him. And I think we absolutely should, um, if for nothing else, just to get Gretchen moved. So let's go to Scott's yeah. second question. So Scott's second question was, he said that he would like to see an outfield that had Tommy Pham in center and Dexter Fowler in left. Let me give you my thought on that, because I've actually written about that before. There's a great piece on Redbird Grants, great, because I wrote it. But it's <laughs> out there, and it, and it says that, you know, it really looks at the numbers. And in truth, the numbers argue for Tommy Pham to play center in terms of his range, his defensive prowess, his abilities over Dexter Fowler. Now, here is the catch. As much as I would like to see that happen, I don't think we're going to see that happen. I think, unless we have a different manager. Because I think that the way that Matheny operates his team and the way that the Cardinals operate their organization, you know, they signed Dexter to a big deal. And part of that signing was, hey, Dexter, you're going to be our center fielder. And I think there's some myopathy, some short-sightedness in sticking with that when numbers argue differently. But that, I believe, is the cardinal way. So, Scott, I love your question, and I would love to see the outfield that you speak of. I just don't think we're going to. Yeah, it is a great question, and it's something that I've also written about. And, yes, it is great because I wrote it as well. Um, but it talks about, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago where Dexter Fowler kind of said, you know, I'm the center fielder. You know, he was pretty vocal but, uh, about it and saying, you know, nobody's going to take that away from me. And I kind of, I'm on the same uh, kind of wavelength as he is because, again, he was brought to St. Louis to play center field. That's his position. And I know a lot of people were upset, actually, about it. And a lot of people questioned my article saying, you know, well, the, the numbers are say differently. My point to them is this. If Dexter Fowler feels the most comfortable in center field and he believes that that is the only position he can do well enough to contribute to the team, you're going to have to keep him there. I don't care if he, you know, you think he might make a better left fielder, but if he believes that he can contribute the most as a center fielder, then good. Because guess what? You have another center fielder playing left field that can cover that range as well. So it, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. Now, the only other exception is, is that you're, what about right field to center field? Well, as we've seen, Piscotti can play a decent right field. Magnair Sierra, when he gets to the St. Louis organization, can play a really nice right field. So, again, it's not whether the numbers dictate. It's about the team first. And, yes, I know that's kind of ironic because of the numbers. And you say, well, team first, you should put him there. But if Dexter Fowler believes that he is the best center fielder for this team, you have to roll with that. And you know what? If you didn't think so, then you shouldn't have signed him to a, 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 that big of a contract. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. Um, and I tell you what, let's do this. Scott, again, thank you so much for your questions. We will probably circle back to this because we're going to take one quick break. 
And when we come back from the break, we're actually going to look at some of the names that Tito and I have tossed around of Cardinals who are potentially on the move or should be on the move. And then we'll also talk about some stuff that we may see the Cardinals pick up in the next day or two. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. You're listening to the special trade deadline edition of the Redbird Rants podcast. This is actually episode number 18. What a great time to be talking about the St. Louis Cardinals. And before the break, we teased and said that we were going to talk about some of the players who could potentially be on the move. And Tito, I know that the Indians have been connected, and the thought is that the Indians may have some interest in Tommy Pham, maybe Randall Gritchick. Let me just tell you, and then I'd love for you to talk to us more about that because I know you wrote about it. I just want you to know that Tommy Pham is currently ranked two wins above replacement spots ahead of Nolan Arenado. Let that sink in. <laughs> so tell me, what, what do you think about Tommy Pham, the Indians, and what the Cardinals could get back from them? It's interesting to to analyze this, and, and once that news broke of the Cleveland Indians being interested in Tommy Pham and Randall Gritchick, you know, I immediately went to ESPN.com to check out what the outfield situation was like for the Cleveland Indians, because that's a pretty, you know, you're talking about last year's uh, AL champs, you know, looking for some help like, you know, like Tommy Pham and Randall Gritchick, and more, maybe that speaks more to how Tommy Pham has done, as you pointed out, with a, a you know two spots above Nolan Arenado in the War Department. But I took a look, and if you take a look, you'll notice that right now they're operating on a really really light outfield. Michael Brantley is in left field, and you know he was their center fielder, but now he's in left field. He's a shell of the of the player he was about two to three years ago. And uh, now you have a platoon of Austin Jackson and Bradley Zimmer in center field. And then you have a meager, you know, Brandon Geyer in right field. Now, Geyer's only there because Lonnie Chisenhall's on the 10-day DL. But I think Chisenhall's on his way back sometime soon. And so the, the Indians are looking for somebody that can plug, a, you know, plug center field, be a speedy guy with some upside in power, and, and you know that's you know that's honestly the two you know the two candidates that they're looking at in Tommy Pham and Randall Gritchick. Now this is where it gets interesting. If you're the Cardinals, you have to ask yourself who would you rather lose at this point, and who is going to bring you the more upside. You could argue that both could do it. Randall Gritchick is the younger player, has more control, probably offers more upside than Tommy Pham, but. Tommy Pham, as you mentioned, is having a really, really nice season. And he is, by trade, a center fielder. So that could be something that the Indians have to balance. But if I'm the Cardinals right now, you have to sell the player that you think is going to give you the best return possible. And right now, that's going to be Tommy Pham. And as, as disappointed as I am of not letting and not being Randall Gritchick, Tommy Pham is the only one that's going to get you as good a return as you think. Because you could use Randall Gritchick in a bigger piece to get a bigger bat, I think. But Tommy Pham is going to net you, uh, you know, somebody in their farm system that's worth the time. Now, the interesting thing is, is who? Because the Cleveland Indians, remember last year, gave up a boatload of prospects to go get Andrew Miller. 
So their farm system is going to be very, very thin, so it'll be very hard for the Cardinals to say, okay, this is worth what it's worth. And at the same time, the Indians are going to come back and say, well, Tommy Pham is older, you know, he's 29 going on 30, so he's not getting any younger, and this is just a career year, so, you know, you've got to come down on your asking price too. So that's where we're at. If I'm the Cardinals, though, I'm looking for a return that might get me some bullpen help in the future, and it also might be somebody that's, uh, you know, either in the infield at third base or shortstop. And if you go to my uh, pay or go to the redbirdranks.com section and, and look up my Cleveland Indians piece, I do list a couple of players that are worthy of a potential trade. Yeah, and that's why I asked you because I knew that you had already done that, and those names I could absolutely see the team reaching out to and going for, and it just really intrigues me. I'll tell you something else that intrigues me, and, and let's circle to this just in the interest of moving through with our time. Lance Flynn was today his last time to pitch for the Cardinals. You know, I'm kind of torn on this, Tito. I'm going to be real honest with you because I, part of me says yes. Today was the last day and that we're going to see him dealt uh, probably tomorrow. I don't think he'll go tonight. You know, the Cardinals historically have made a lot of their moves on, you know, uh, trade day, on deadline day. Uh, I think that Mosaic and the organization like to watch and see what, what things are happening around them, you know, to, to make the right choice. Uh, but I think that, you know, I think Lynn's gone. But at the same time, there's a big part of me who says Lynn is not gone. And I don't know that they should give up Lynn right now. I, I mean, what, what do you think? If it's, if it's any consolation to you, I'm also torn with this on whether he should go or not go. But in the interest of your question, I will say that Lynn is going to stay with the Cardinals because I think any team willing to deal for Lynn – wouldn't have uh, let him pitch today. I think he would have gone, you know, he would have been a late scratch, and the Cardinals, you know, you would have seen a hashtag hug watch uh, up on uh, Twitter. So Yeah, I, and I I'm with you there. Think, yeah, I, I don't think Lynn is gone. Now, this is where the interesting part lies, is remember earlier this week Ken Rosenthal sent out a tweet that said, if the Cardinals kept Lynn at the trade deadline, they were more than likely not going to offer him a qualifying offer. And as I said, you know, a couple of days ago in our most recent podcast, that would be the most idiotic thing I've seen in baseball for a really, really, really long time. And actually not that long because of Matt Adams in left field, but for them not to offer, you know, Lynn a qualifying deal, that means that the Cardinals made the wrong decision in not trading him. And, you know, his value at this point is not going to get any lower. Um, but once he signs that extension, if he stays with the Cardinals, um, his value is, is, is locked in. You're not going to get anything in return because he's just going to get older at that point. Now, the only other option is that uh, the Cardinals do sign into an extension and then deal him, but that's, that's probably too crazy. If they hold on to him, though, I'm really interested on in what's going to happen in the winter um, because if you sign him to an extension, I guarantee you the Cardinals deal some young prospects and potentially land a big bat. Listen, I completely agree with every word that just came out of your mouth. And I will tell you, I'll even go a step farther. I predict that he does stay, and I predict that they do give him a qualifying offer. And only, the thing that really points to that for me is they gave one to John Lackey. 
And why would you give a, a QO to John Lackey if you were not going to give one to Lance Lynn? Unless you're going to, you know, sign him to an extension. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, that just that's what that screams to me. Uh, so you, right. you talked about, you know, if a team were interested in Lance Lynn, they would have stopped him from pitching today. And, and that might well be true, but it also might not, because it could be where they want to slot him into their rotation that the slot they would put him in would have pitched today. So they're okay with him pitching. So then let's look at some potential suitors for that. And really, you and I pushed pretty hard for him to potentially land with the Yankees at one point. That's now over. That's gone. They've, they've gone elsewhere. They actually picked up another former Cardinal in Jaime Garcia, which I'm sorry, but I kind of giggled at that because I don't really see Garcia as a big addition for someone who's trying to push to the postseason, but the Yankees did. I wonder, and I actually joked about this within our Twitter group, within our writers, as the game went on today, I kept posting things to our chat group about, oh, Boston has picked up the phone. No, Boston has hung up the phone now. No, Boston has picked up the phone. Now, Boston has dialed a 314 telephone number. You know, I think that of the, the teams that are sitting out there, Lance Lynn fits nicely with Boston. But then you have this little wrinkle that Houston is interested in him. I mean, I, that really threw me for a whole loop there. I, I, Houston came out of nowhere. Boston, I can absolutely see them calling. But, I mean, what, what do you think? I'll, first, I want to slightly comment on Jaime Garcia because my dad's listening in on this one. I'm sorry, Dad, but you're stuck with Garcia and the Yankees. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but Houston's not a surprise to me, actually, because I actually said uh, that Houston, and I know Josh and I kind of agree on this one, that Houston was a, a potential landing spot for Lynn from the very beginning because their rotation was not really that solidified. You know, Lance McCullers was not having a great year. He got injured. Dallas, Dallas Keuchel was injured for a little bit. He, I think, is on the return here soon. So Houston still had some rotation questions. And, and don't forget, they were also in on the Sunny Gray. So that kind of gave you an indication that they were looking for starting pitching as well. Now, I did write about Boston um, and Lance Lynn being there. But that is another tricky scenario as well. Because remember, they just gave up pieces for, uh, I believe it was Chris Sale, and they gave up pieces for Eduardo Nunez. So their, their uh, farm system is, is starting to look a little thin as well. So you really, really have to dig uh, for who is going to be uh, somebody that, that can uh, get, uh, be acquired for Lance Lynn. And, again, I, again, I look at the infield uh, farm system for the Boston Red Sox, and I look at what they have that might be available to us. They have a nice third baseman in, uh, in the form of uh, Michael Chavis, I believe is how his last name is pronounced. Um, he right. doesn't stack up to what uh, uh, Rafael uh, Devers is, but he's still a pretty good uh, third baseman. He's got a plus arm, can throw across the diamond. He'll, he'll need a little work with his hands, but that could stabilize the third base uh, position for the Cardinals and give them a chance to – to, uh, to really uh, have a good, uh, solid infield. Yeah, and I want to I piggyback on what you just said because you mentioned Sonny Gray, and currently Sonny Gray is still laying out there. All indications seem like he's going to the Yankees. So here's my question to you. If he lands on the Yankees, do the, do the Red Sox, do, 
do the Astros pick up the phone and dial a 314 number? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to. You know, again, I've been saying it all trade deadline, play off the desperation of other teams. Somebody is going to be desperate enough to give you a call and say, hey, I'll give you Rafael Devers for Lance Lynn. And if John Moselec doesn't make that trade, that'll be one of the worst decisions he's ever made. And, and so, like I said, play off the desperation of these other teams. Think about how the Royals have been playing. Look at the desperation. You know, at, at one point I thought the Indians might even be interested in Lance Lynn just because the Royals were doing so well and because the Royals had actually picked up the phone on Lance Lynn. So, you know, play off this desperation of the other teams, you know, getting better inside their divisions and see if you can come to a deal with the team so that it makes it possible for the Cardinals to potentially use those uh, prospects or use the prospects in a trade. I, I think that's fantastic. Now, we've got five minutes left, so I want to hit on two big names. One of them is Tyler O'Neill, who the Cardinals picked up in the trade where they sent Marco Gonzalez to Minnesota. And we had a special guest join us on our, uh, the podcast where you and I and Josh were together, and we got the scouting report. The man's tearing it up. He's doing a nice job. I think he's going to be really great with this system. And originally, I thought he was going to be flipped. I want to go on record and say I don't see him being flipped. I think the Cardinals are going to hold on to him. Now, that being said, I think the name that the Cardinals are more than likely, at least from my perspective, to go get is Josh Donaldson. And I've written about him, and I could see a lot of names being sent you know, up to the great snowy north. Um, what do you think about the possibility of getting you know, a, a Josh Donaldson? And, and let me tell you, too, quickly – I really felt prior to today's game that Colton Wong was a more likely name to head up there so that Jerko could slide over to second. I don't know that from the performance they saw today with some of the blunders in the field from Wong, if he's the name that gets shot to them. But I do think there's a great possibility that Donaldson is coming to the Cardinals. And I'm going to let you have the last three minutes. Go at, have at it. Sure. I, you know, this is a definite topic that we've hit on multiple times. And, and I'll go on the record and saying if Josh Donaldson comes to the Cardinals, it, it's not a bad thing. It's obviously a very good thing. At the same time, it's almost a rental piece. I mean, you're going to have him for this year and then, of two, and then 2018. But at that point, you have to make another decision and, and say, hey, are we going to extend him? And he's already, you know, 31, 32 at that point. Regardless of that, though, getting Josh Donaldson means you're going to give up quite a bit to get him. I mean, this is a former AL MVP. You know, he's having a, a rather down year, but maybe that's more due to injury than it is anything else. And I'm going to go ahead and say that it is. But, again, you have that, you know, infield log jam of what's, you know, of what is the Cardinals infield. And it's, it would make more sense for the Cardinals to really go out for somebody like John Carlos Stanton, in my opinion, um, that has way more upside than Josh Donaldson and, and really will solidify an outfield because the Cardinals have outfield prospects to deal from, not the infield. And so if the Marlins are going to lose an outfielder, they're going to want to gain somebody in the outfield that can really help. So, you know, your Tyler O'Neill, while he, yeah, he is doing great, that's somebody that the Cardinals could easily flip. 
you know, he, it's not going to just be him, but Tyler O'Neill is easily somebody that the Cardinals could use in a situation where to get Giancarlo Stanton. And, and, you know, maybe that happens this trade deadline or maybe it happens in the winter. You know, all reports are indicating that the Cardinals actually are probably not going to get a big bat this trade deadline and more so in the offseason, which, you know, if that's the case, I'm almost willing to throw in the white towel on this season because I'm just not sure if the Cardinals have enough firepower to really catch anybody in the Central. And sadly, though, because it's only four and a half games out right now, you know, a big bat, I think, would really put them over the top because I, to this point, the Cubs do not scare me. The Brewers do not scare me. We could win this division if we had uh, the right pieces in play. You know what? I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, but I have to tell you that I think, I think you're right. I think that the move comes in the offseason. And I think that might actually be the right choice. And let me tell you why. I, as much as I want the Cardinals to go to postseason, I don't see them surviving past the first round, not in their current makeup. And so with that in place, I'm not saying throw the whole season away necessarily. I mean, still play and, and, and get your guys playing well, but also figure out what's going to happen. And I think, honestly, that might be any neighboring to go for the season. I think that they will go at the end of the season. And I think that this is a season that we start making some decisions and, and see what we have to move in the off season. So I'm there with you and I hate throwing in the towel, but it is what it is. But Hey, Tito, we've run out of time. Uh, 30 minutes flies. And yes, I, I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate any of the listeners who are with us. Special thanks to Scott D for the question that you emailed to us. You guys, anybody who listens and listens to this podcast after it's live, Know that you can always send us messages. We'll tell you how to do it. Send us comments through Facebook or Twitter, and we'll be sure to answer those for you. So, Tito, thanks, and go Cardinals, right? Yep, let's go. All right, guys. Count.